Hi guys, welcome back to the Daniel Rosal podcast, episode number 14, brought to you from my internetless home office because my internet has decided to take the day off today. It's it's been it's been on on partial strike for about the last month, uh, which is very problematic because I I have a deadline um, that is due essentially tomorrow. It's end of week, and in is in Israel we have a Sunday to Thursday work week. Not many people know that that's quite common in the Middle East. Uh, so that effectively means my deadline is uh, not Friday, but tomorrow, which is uh, problematic for many reasons. So this 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 is not good, and this this makes me feel all a bit less paranoid. When I was thinking for a while about buying a data sim, uh, getting like a little uh, cellular router just to have like backup internet, and then I kind of thought that's maybe a little bit paranoid uh, for a freelance freelancer a solo freelancer to have redundant a redundant internet supply but lo and behold it was not paranoid and i have paid the price so i probably need to start looking into that again anyway what i wanted to talk about in this podcast was freelance writing yay freelance writing this is something so i have a um i have a podcast for my freelance writing business it's called the dsr ghostwriting podcast dsr ghostwriting is like my business name um but as i have nothing better to do today except watching frustration as my internet doesn't load i thought i would share about freelance writing and not for obviously my business podcast is you know it's essentially content marketing it's you know i'm trying i'm I am sharing information genuinely, but obviously there is that angle of I'm trying to ultimately get people uh, to hire me. Um, so I thought it would be cool to just do one episode for my podcast where that's not a constraint and I can just talk, uh, you know, as honestly and transparently as I can about freelance writing. I'm also going to go into because because uh, many people talk about freelance writing on podcasts and whatnot. So I want I thought I'd talk about the the or highlight I should say uh, the fact that I'm doing this from Israel because that's not a podcast I have seen recorded and I guess it's a bit more unique than your average freelance writer probably based in the US or something like that. So for non-Israeli listeners, I will try keep the the Israel specific context on the light side. I'll just mention a couple of you know, uh, nuts and bolts about the business structures we have here. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try just skip, skip over those parts if those, if those don't apply to you. Okay, so freelance writing, um, I have been doing it now for five years. Uh, I've been in Israel for over six years. So that, as you can figure out, there's not much overlap there. Uh, sorry, there's not much of a gap. I kind of started pretty soon. Um, it wasn't actually my first time freelance writing, but it was my first time doing freelance content marketing. And for those not familiar, um, I'll get into that. I did a bit of freelance journalism before I even moved to Israel. So uh, just to be accurate, it wasn't my it wasn't my initial even my initial stab at freelancing, but it was really my first concerted effort and on the content marketing side. So that's where basically a lot of the work is nowadays. Uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm going to just share information from, from, from the perspective of those curious about freelance writing, um, those maybe thinking about doing it. I'm not going to assume any 
prior knowledge about the way the writing world is at the moment. So uh, content marketing, so journalism, you know, has been in a very, in, in a bad and declining place for quite some time. And I actually only realized in the last six months quite how bad uh, rates are for freelance journalists. There's a very good website called whopayswriters.com. And uh, it's kind of, you know, anonymous rates from journalists, what publications pay them. And it is sobering, sobering reading if you if you see some of the top tier publications and what they're paying their freelance journalists. Just the, the feeling, and I've touched on journalism a couple of times in freelance writing, by which I mean I've, I've sent in a couple of uh, pieces that ended up being published in editorial publications. Uh, just the money has like been squeezed out of the industry. Um, it's very, very tough. So for that reason, um, I think it's fair to say that the majority of writers, and particularly I've become very fond of this subreddit called Freelance Writers. It's our, if people don't know how Reddit works, you have subreddits that are kind of online communities uh, and each online community is a subreddit. So it's reddit.com forward slash r, stands for a subreddit forward slash freelance writers or just go onto reddit and type type in freelance writers so i've become very active there but judging by who's on that it seems to be really you know 90 percent content marketers and i think that's a good representation of the way freelance writing's gone so uh content marketing is basically you know and i've talked for my professional audience about content marketing versus thought leadership which i think is a is an is both an abused term um, and as, some, as someone who markets that service I I would be the first to tell you it can be abused um, but it's also a really interesting area that's a little bit different from content marketing so um, but content marketing is uh, you know creating information basically information marketing brand marketing is kind of an older term and people will People will argue that there are differences uh, between brand marketing, brand journalism, and content marketing. You know, some of them are quite small, to be honest. Um, you know, essentially sharing information um, targeted to buyers at different stages of the sales funnel, sales and marketing funnel, actually, which is um, the journey that uh, prospective customers go on. So. You know, basically to make to make that more simple, sharing information. You know, you've all seen it blogs um, on company websites that they post out on social media, um, on the business to business side, B two B, which is basically businesses buying other services. So think, you know, much bigger sales contracts, a business buying a uh, you know new printer si- printer system. To give an example from a recent client I worked with um then you have they would use different assets like white papers and ebooks where you know the kind of prospective buyers firstly they're not shopping for themselves and they want a bit more detail um but that's that's kind of the general picture of of what content marketing is and it's really effective because um it's essentially free and it's not really free because it takes money to produce uh content and there there i must interject that i really have a troubled relationship with the word content because I, I I feel like it makes all writing just sound very generic and it's become just this kind of slapped on label for any sets of words but um, let's just let, let me not be a curmudgeon and just call it content so content um, being being it, it's not free and maybe free to 
or you know essentially involve no cost to post a blog on your website but if you you have to pay the writer or pay the in-house person their salary takes up their time so realistically there there are costs associated with producing content but compared to outbound marketing which is think about your traditional blasting cold emails uh <clears throat> advertising whether that's uh pay-per-click digital advertising or traditional advertising um it's much much more cost effective and and i think this is the really cool part that gets that actually gets me excited about it like i enjoy doing content marketing myself and creating creating content myself as i'm doing speaking into this microphone um it's fun it's 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 more enjoyable to uh create valuable information about what your company does than it is to blitz people with cold email and I'll be honest here, I have been a spammer. I have been a cold email spammer. I've been on that side of the marketing world. Uh, you know, uh, I've never bought, done stuff like bought email lists, but, uh, you know, I've done cold contact when I was way, way back when I was 16. Uh, a couple of high school friends and I started a, um, <laughs> it was like a Wix website for when we we're trying to get local businesses for web design. We were literally high school kids and we did uh printed off flyers and dropped in flyers and you know this th these are all classic outbound activities and they do work but something i've really come to believe doing this for my own business is that it's uh it i think cold contact works in, in very small volumes um personalization has become the name of the game uh you know regarding uh, customer touch points and yeah, the kind of pray and spray, as they call it, uh, spray your spam and pray that somebody it catches somebody in it catches somebody's interest. It's not a fun way to market. Um, so that's what content marketing is, and that's why uh, you know freelance writing. There is so much desire for content marketers because businesses are investing in this. It's kind of the new paradigm in marketing um to use some corporate jargon now it's it, it's evolving so it's not just uh it's not just blogs blogs have been here for a while you know uh, increasingly uh businesses are spinning out branded podcasts podcasting is the thing i'm seeing growing uh corporate video uh chatbots even being used um content marketers getting involved in, in writing micro copy for a new x copy that kind of thing um but that's why there's such a big demand for it essentially um now what is content marketing uh what is content so content content tends to be there's kind of a divide within content marketing between copywriting and content copy is if you think about your traditional advertising agency the kind of tortured souls laboring over a remington keyboard and coming up with crafty copy for uh, direct response or for magazine ads that's if you think about what the digital equivalent of that would be copywriting so very very focused on now there, there's no hard and fast definition so i'm just giving my my perspective and uh on what where that kind of dividing line goes uh copywriting very focused on individual word selection uh, micro copy landing pages emails um content more you know white papers People would say white papers are a copywriting project, but more focused on messaging. Um, it's not down to that level of, they're, they're typically working on longer form pieces. So not, not down to that level of laboring over individual words so much 
um but it, it, it's a it's a blurry line but you do get people that specialize in copywriting and do direct response and you do get to be people that specialize in content writing and i'm i'm on the the latter side and one thing i will say is that that's not a wise very wise economical decision there is more uh generally more uh, rates better rates in copy and a internet friend of mine <clears throat> who i connected with on reddit actually free free i i, I can't i can't pronounce his username it's 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 failed me but uh he he's you know observing that there's a the gap is growing between the pay rates for content and copy okay so that's basically what what it what it is that's what cop content marketers do uh, i do have a bit of imposter syndrome um because you know i studied journalism i you know that's my postgrad i wanted to get that was my original aspiration was to become a journalist and i have a, a, a somewhat um difficult relationship with content marketing in that sometimes i kind of don't think of myself as a real writer um because you know what am i doing i'm writing stuff for brands essentially um but if you're interested it is it is real writing and it, it is an editor editorial um uh, esque process um and it's definitely something that requires skill, particularly um, if you're, you know, getting into niches and and you require subject matter expertise. So there's a lot of demand for tech, 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 uh, tech writers. Um, okay, so what I would say, I mean, for those interested in in this world, um, I'm, I don't want to put anybody off. This is based on on what's worked for me so far. I'm just going to give you the skinny on like. 50 medium posts that i've written and if anyone wants to check out my medium it's danielrosell.medium.com this is just information i'm sharing on medium and here i'm not angling towards creating a course or anything of that nature uh frankly because i i aspire towards doing hopefully bigger and better things in my life and i i, I don't mean i don't mean bigger things than content marketing but i just don't I don't see becoming a course giver in teaching freelancers how to freelance as something I'd ever really be that interested in, to be honest. Um, and I'm skeptical uh, of why so many people are jumping on this bandwagon. It, it kind of makes me think that they're not, um, a lot of people there are not actually succeeding as freelance writers and they're looking for easy passive income streams uh, I, I i think that's going on without a doubt i don't think books by the way are are bad and i know that sounds hypocritical what's the difference uh, i feel like someone who puts with you know good experience who puts time and effort into a book for some reason i just box that into a different category than courses because i just think courses tend to be marketed in, in such an overinflated and kind of spammy way it's your 30-day pass to freelance writing success I, I i much i have a much easier time getting behind a quality book um than uh than i do a course but maybe maybe that's me being hypocritical um so what i would say for for what have been the pros and cons of this employment choice um for me um well the main con is employment instability so as a freelance writer the only real way to sort of guarantee your income is to is to get these things called retainers uh which is essentially a contract in which your client pays you a certain amount of money for your services every month clients are kind of reluctant to sign on to those often because they want freelancers to be flexible that's why they use them in the first place um so it can be a really hard sell and i think writing is a particularly hard sell for retainers because 
that's kind of the traditional model for paying for PR services. Writing, for some reason, gets kind of boxed in as more task, uh, task activity. So you can either get retainers, you can also get clients who'll just send you on consistently good volumes of work. I've been lucky uh, to have a couple of clients in that category, and they've really kind of seen me through. Jennifer uh, Gregory, who's one of the freelance writing um, commentators, uh, for, for want of a better word, uses the term anchor clients to describe people like these. And I think that's a pretty good terminology. So anchor clients are kind of where it's at if you want to keep your hair on your head. Um, how to get clients. Okay, this is something I've thought a lot about, actually, because... Um, clients come and go and that's that's why is a free you hear about freelancers having to constantly market themselves and push themselves and that's the reason it would be it would be wonderful if clients stuck around for years but again think about it from the client's perspective they they use they they might be using a freelancer to fill a gap on their team um various reasons but flexibility is what they want so they want to be able to ditch you and that's just the harsh reality of it that I have a hard, I have a hard time with this because I tend to take this personally. You're, you're working with a client for years. You've always hit your deadlines. You've been a great uh, vendor to them. And then they just stop responding to your emails or just stop sending you work. And you're like, dude, what happened to my work, my income? But that's how it is. And it, it's, you know, I, it's the, the fault there is on my end from, from, from this. So there, there are negatives. Um, for clients, the, the best advice is to diversify. So I like to think how many ways can you diversify? There are a few ways. One is to have many clients, okay? So some people recommend 20% each client. No, no one client should be more than 20% of your income. Others recommend 33%. So one goes up to 33, a third of your income. Um, I would say diversify every way possible. So like have five clients, and here's here's my there's a word in Hebrew called chidush. It means like novelty, and uh, for non-Hebrew speakers, it sounds a bit weird. But there, there's there isn't really a good word in English. Here's my spin on that: um, don't just diversify in number, diversify in industry, and diversify in geography. So like have have two clients in your country, two clients in another country, two clients in IoT, two clients. You get me so that you're not just dependent in every possible way. Uh, if there's a downturn in an industry or in a country, that that's that's my um, suggestion. I, I should probably write a blog about that. Um, oh, and not don't just diversify in terms of uh, working with clients. You can diversify in more ways. You can um, have different clients, different countries, different revenue streams. So you can be a, an ebook author on Amazon, getting in passive income. You can work through Upwork. Now, I haven't had success with Upwork, but it's a big marketplace um, for freelancing. I think in general, the rates there are terrible. Um, but, you know, you could have, and this is what I think a lot of successful freelancers do. I think this is also why a lot of people are so attracted to spinning out these courses because that's an easy passive income stream. Uh, it's just not one I really believe in. Um, but, you know, so you can have your active clients, your, your private clients, your marketplace clients, your passive income. Uh, you could do affiliate marketing. You could work in a deli counter down the street. doesn't matter. Just have a few. Don't put your eggs in one basket. Um, and I think that I, uh, to the extent that I've been successful doing this for full-time 
for close on three years i've been doing this full time for close on three years did a couple of years as a side hustle um i think that's that has helped uh client acquisition the best way to do it in my opinion is leveraging your network and this is coming from a guy meaning me uh who's done tried just about every trick i've tried ppc I have definitely tried lots of cold emailing and I would say probably the worst results or the worst return on investment. I've only recently done a marketplace, Upwork. Um, I've only recently started applying for jobs on LinkedIn. I just tried these things to see what works basically. Um, they're like little experiments. So I did about two weeks sending out applications on LinkedIn. God, um maybe one client out of it uh one interview so that i would say that was a low roi activity um i got like 10 people saying hi thanks for applying for unpaid positions i, I missed it it was an unpaid internship so i can't can't really recommend the gig approach um i've, I've also tried a couple of jobs boards and again just uh low paying stuff really uh came back in return um so in terms of finding clients, I think if you can work through your networks, it's best. Um, it's not foolproof. You can get referrals and the referee will not like you. Uh, cold, I think cold has a place. You just need to be very, very precise. By which I mean, again, I went on like this blitz, an email blitz. Um, I used to go on these email blitzes. Like I'd look up a startup directory, find every one that interests me opt them into an automatic email sequence send that out and just get back like a ton of um low intent responses because you haven't demonstrated much interest or authenticity you'll end up getting people back that aren't really that interested but they'll talk um and if you don't know how to qualify your leads that will waste your time enormously i and i spoke to so many startups who were full of energy and full of enthusiasm and yeah we want to get this off the ground next week and then you never hear from them again so um but i have had success with cold uh cold pitching and that's been where i basically was really hot on a company um almost like account-based marketing like very very targeted uh found a point of contact said what you do is cool i can definitely help out here are my rates be short short and sweet here are my rates here's my portfolio or here's you know better than the portfolio here are one or two clips uh are you interested and then one or two follow up and then you don't need to keep harassing people so that's called uh, oh the one really really good one that i recommend is inbound inbound is something i wish i had started five years ago because it takes a while to get going and inbound marketing if you think about it it's a bit hypocritical i would argue to be a content marketer helping clients with content marketing and inbound and not doing that for your own business so um i wasted way too much time with cold contact because it was what i'd been taught it was what i was familiar with it was like that's traditional marketing as we pitch people and we cold con you know and inbound is, is is just way better so you know you have to know the basics of seo research your keywords sign up for moz or smrush or ahrefs for a month those are all SEM, basically seo digital marketing software you know uh, a bit of guest blogging to get some backlinks to your site will help um and once you you know spend a couple of months really um 
thinking strategically, what is your unique... There are a lot of freelance writers in the world. There are even a lot of freelance technology writers, which is what I brand as. So can you find something specific, a niche, uh, something you're really good at, really passionate about, um, and then find the keywords and start your blog, start a podcast, whatever you need to do. Um, and it'll work. People will start coming to you. So that's been something I have found good. Um, inbound can also be social, by the way. If you're just posting on social, you can, it, it'll, you know, everything that, that puts you out there in a way that can get picked up uh, organically, um, I, I think can be considered part of the inbound mix. So um, that's really, really good. And I've a bit too early because I've only really been doing it for a year. Probably fair to say you get better quality people through inbound because they want to work with you. They're interested. They're not. They're not really. Sometimes, sometimes they're not looking for a cheapie. That's been my biggest grievance with freelance. Okay, two two bones to pick with freelance writing. Two things that make me think every two months. Screw it. I'm sick of this. A ghosting. Um, I have an issue with ghosting. It just my biggest pain point and i'm saying this in case anyone wants to reach out to me and say daniel i have a solution for your business is um conversations that go nowhere so now that people come to me um i'll get people that will drop me an email and you know well now i know how to qualify my leads to say you know are you looking for do you have a budget authority what's the timeline here um i'll do that but I'll end up speaking to people for an hour and then sending a proposal never never to hear from them again. So I've time wasted dealing with people that just vanish. Ghosting is is the aspect of this I find most frustrating because um, it on an emotional level, you kind of get a bit... You, if it's a good prospect, your hopes get up and that's a mistake, but it, it happens to people. Um, so that's that's one thing that I don't enjoy is the is the you know having to do everything yourself. You do the writing, and that's that's kind of what we signed up for. But you also do the billing, you also do the the marketing. I I don't mind actually. I enjoy content marketing. Um, but the sales stuff, uh, in theory, I enjoy it. But when you speak to seven people and only one of those become one or two of those becomes a customer, it kind of feels like a drag and a tedium and a hard to get up your enthusiasm. So. That's I would say is a really hard part is being the sales machine, uh, one man sales machine basically. Um, something I've struggled with um, in freelancing. The other thing I've struggled with is just an expectation, and this this really concerns me about the market, and it's something I'm thinking about in terms of uh, changing up my service offering for this reason, uh, changing my business structure partially for this reason is just this um, unrealistic expectations for how much writing should go for. Uh, way too many clients are looking to pay way too little for writing. Um, and I think that's a large part of that is because we have this globalized marketplace, thanks to sites like Upwork, in which people with very different cost of living bases are competing on the same field um that's my biggest frustration and again it's 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 both an annoyance because of time wasted talking to people that don't want to pay more than fifty dollars for an article um and there's the emotional stuff and again that's 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 the aspect of it that's on me but it does get to you when you're constantly kind of being told that you're not valuable and you're 
you're you're cheap or you're 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 too expensive and you shouldn't be charging you know my rates i would say it's a very very price sensitive market so when i've been writing for if i include my um for student journalism 10 years if i don't about you know four or five years in a job five years freelancing so either way approximately 10 years i don't see any reason why i should be charging entry-level rates for uh you know tech technology writing and stuff that requires subject matter expertise or even really close to it but um it's very price sensitive and when i got out of that entry-level bracket um, when i started doing these freelancer writing projects going from charging you know a hundred dollars for a blog to 200 to 300 to 400 with each increase the just the the drop in demand was pretty staggering the good news is there are premium clients out there who and I think, you know, the longer I do this, the more I think you need to charge. And that's not because I think I want to make more money. It's because I have a much better handle on how much you need to charge in order to survive in this and how much it, how much time it actually takes to, to uh, do good writing. So, um, you know, I, my attention is, is sometimes uh, a little... A little finicky and you know i can get into a great 30 minute spurt and get my writing done but spend three hours just researching in order to get that done so if you're only only charging for the writing you are not charging enough basically um i think for for technical writing um stuff that requires subject matter expertise sme interviews research you need to be charging people let's just talk about a blog it can be four or five hundred dollars that should not be considered expensive um it should not that should not be considered extortionate in today's market but unfortunately i see us moving in a direction in which it is because there are just so many people who will stick their hand up and say i'll do it for a hundred bucks uh or clients will go to upwork but you do get what you pay for and those who want a um good writing service should hit me up uh, particularly if you need stuff written about linux or backups or iot or things i things i have written about and subjects i'm interested in i think that's about enough explaining the freelance writing market what what i actually do is as i said it's mostly thought leadership um a combination actually uh it always isn't it varies each month what assignments i get but thought leadership and content marketing and i do draw a distinction um to get into it the end the the entry the barriers to entry are indeed quite low you need internet connectivity it should go without say, saying that you should be a good writer um a website helps you'll need to develop a portfolio how should you get your first clips should you get them for clients doing work for cheap content mills or should you write on medium i'm not going to go into these because i've written about most of these things and also that reddit i mentioned has tons and tons of info about this uh so you can find do check out my medium profile because as i said it's a it's free info that i'm writing just to help myself to have stuff i refer back to and because i don't really see the point in attempting to monetize um what i think should be kind of free information for writers because i do think we're we're there's enough work to go around and we can raise the bar of the industry collectively by all charging better rates fairer rates for what we do by all running better businesses um the other thing besides client acquisition if you do want to read a couple of pieces from my blog is 
uh, how to charge so this is something i thought about because i'm not very good with numbers i'm a lot better with words and i've struggled to make sense of the different pricing models per word uh per hour um uh, per project per retainer so because i kind of suck uh, thinking about all these things i have uh, put together a couple of blog posts with formulae and you can check those out figure out your hourly don't forget to include your unpaid um holiday time sick time um admin that's i call those unbillable hours and i have i've, I've invented if you want to use that word this thing called a uh billable ratio to account for how much time you're actually working uh so just don't forget to charge for those things client acquisition if you have a network let your friends know just send out a facebook saying guys this is what i'm doing anybody knows of leads um don't write it like that because that was bad english does anybody know of companies looking for the services of a freelance writer i would like to volunteer my services write something like that you know get on linkedin post on linkedin uh, you, you might have to put out a bit of a more professional image on linkedin it's a different network but get active on those channels you know don't discount social as a route uh, to work as well and inbound marketing start doing that now because it's going to take a while for that to build up for you um and final 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 tip for those aspiring to do this is always market the worst thing you the worst thing the, the most dangerous position you can be in trust me is having so much work that you don't have time to market because what happens is the work will end and you'll be left typing on your computer saying where should i go for a walk today i have nothing to do and no work uh, I've, I've been in that position um not that frequently but it has happened and it's you know it's always been very disappointing uh when you put in so much effort to to client and then if that's just the end of it so i would advise I, I would actually advise doing everything do do your inbound marketing do a bit of cold emailing do a bit of work on upwork if you want to dip your feet in the water diversify and do it all and just don't let that lead funnel stop and i think that actually explains to wrap up why and I'm actually honest about this with at least friends. Maybe, maybe this is something I probably shouldn't share this with clients and I, I'm going to stop doing that is, you know, I'm not sure I want to do this forever. Um, freelance writing. I, I, I would potentially be interested in going back to an office job. And the reason actually isn't not making it work. It's just that um, for the aforementioned reasons, having to constantly market and do the admin uh, it's tough and there are times where you just want to not have to worry about all that stuff and just go back to an office job where you get your tasks and I find a lot of freelancers are very very negative about that like offices are absolutely horrible and terrible places and why would you ever want to have a boss again I I don't really see it like that I, I didn't have such bad experiences uh, working in-house that I'm kind of scared by the prospect um, and I think as a freelancer, another big thing that people need to watch out for is growth or lack of growth. Um, if you're just doing the same projects over and over again, you're you're stagnating without realizing it. And I think a lot of freelancers are so fixated on increasing income that this becomes a real blind spot, their professional development. Um, and I think that's a legitimate reason as well why some sometimes people's interests are better served in-house uh where there's a ladder and there are uh you know you have the weight of an organization behind you to <clears throat> develop new skill sets and budgets to play around with that sort of thing and professional networks to build out 
because ultimately that's what is super important in this game. Those are my thoughts on freelancing, freelance writing, what I've been doing for five years, how you can get into it, how you can find clients, all the setup stuff, as I said, it's on my Medium. Uh, the publication's called Freelance Writing, so type that into Medium, you'll find my articles. Uh, or just go on to Reddit, or there's a Facebook group. Uh, there are Facebook groups, and people will help out. But basically, you can work out all these things as you go along. It's less about... It's very hard to get started. It's more. It's more. Uh, it's hard to figure out how to make it really work for you. That's the much harder thing than just kind of setting up a website, getting your first client, that kind of thing. Uh, and don't forget, client management freelancers are extremely forgettable because we're online. And this is again something I think people don't think about enough because we're online. People just forget about us. So you need to be a bit brash about waving waving to your clients and saying hello i'm here and you haven't sent me work in a month what's going on do you have projects and often you'll find just dropping that slightly cringy email will be enough to they're like oh yeah yeah i totally forgot about you we have abc that's my advice guys hope that was of some use um you can reach me through various channels including uh i have an email address listed on that redis that i mentioned um uh etc my website different places on the internet so hope this was of some use to people thinking about going into freelance writing um if i have I, i'm not i don't actually say I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions because that's not necessarily the case and it depends how much time i have uh, but if anyone wants to send me questions about aspects i will consider uh responding to it that's the only way i can actually be honest uh, or check out my stuff on Medium. Uh, the purpose of writing is so that I've I have it out there and people can people can can read about it. So, have a great day and um, until the next episode.